UX Podcast Episode 209. You're listening to UX Podcast, coming to you from Stockholm, Sweden. We are your hosts, Pat Axbom. And James Roy Lawson. With listeners in 184 countries from Nigeria to Switzerland. On April the 2nd, 2019, the um, Interaction Design Foundation published a tweet. This tweet um, was of the article, Rapid Prototyping, Faking It Until You Make It in a UX-Driven World. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that tweet in itself, well, the article that they tweeted, was originally published. It wasn't new. Um, it, was a, it was a repackaging of old content. Um, this article was originally published uh, back in 2016. And I, I'm, I'm glad you noticed that because I, I was looking through the article and I was realizing that the links that they posted to other uh, tool tips and tricks were really old. Like from, some of them were from 2010. Hmm. Uh, so I was wondering, why did they link to those old articles? But the article itself was old. It's already three years old. Now, yeah. back then in 2016, the article got some, some traction, but it, it, didn't, it didn't kind of like take, you know, set the world alight. But when it was republished, it was promoted using a GIF. I say GIF, you say GIF. But it was promoted <laughs> using a GIF. And this time round, it actually got a little bit more attention. Hmm. Quite a lot of attention. I mean, it was just, it went insane. It went viral and, and people com started commenting within seconds, uh, both good and bad, I have to say. And you may be all wondering now, so what was this? What, hmm. was, what, what was the article about? Okay, I've said the title already, but the GIF itself um, was, you could say, not completely completely 100% in line with the article. Are we going to try and describe it now, Pau? We'll try and describe it. I have it in front of me. It's a short video. I mean, it's, it's an animated GIF, but it's a video of a, a real-life situation. It's a whiteboard uh, or a piece of paper. I don't know how this is recorded. Uh, but it's a paper prototype of a mobile phone. Uh, it's in Spanish, and it uh, appears to be a commenting system. Uh, and the the it's a really awesome from my perspective proto paper prototype in the sense that it's really truly interactive, and when you watch the video, it actually there's a sliding piece of paper behind the prototype of the phone screen so that you can actually change what's going on on the screen. But there's also, and I think this is what everybody thought was really really awesome. Yeah, there's a like button, and you click the empty heart. There's a rotating transparent circle that it's attached to and when you spin that it becomes a full heart so you can actually simulate the actual button changing state which is really cool it looks yeah. really cool in the video yeah so it's it's mm. it's um it's an elaborate mm. paper prototype um made up of, of multiple pieces of paper um and cell like plastic discs so you can turn as per said um so it, it's 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 in it's been a, a, a a lot of work gone into it, um, mm. and it's a very impressive um, result. It's only a five-second um, video, um, but yeah, 
I, I think it warms the heart. <laughs> yeah, it does, really. So why are we talking about this? <laughs> well, almost instantly this barrage of mockery um, ensues, and they're, they're poking fun at the concept of rapid prototyping based on that video in the tweet. Uh, and they're calling it stupid, basically. Uh, well, stupid, waste of time, yeah. this gives design a bad name. Uh, don't, I mean, be, don't be fooled, it's bad, di- bad design. Laughing my ass off. I'm for paper prototyping, but this one is just over the top. Just, yeah, you lost a waste of time. Making some rig- ridiculously convoluted origami prototype is an equal parts slower, dumber, and less valuable than using digital software. In fact, this kind of shit, being labeled as UX, is an industry-wide problem that detracts from its true purpose. Oh, it's like, oh, th- is, oh. is this how our grandfathers mm. designed? It's mm. like, we've got tools for this. It's kind of, oh, um, if that's what you do, I, can't aff- I can understand why I can't, we can't afford to consultants it's it, there's is a whole load of um of, of really oh i have one out here as well we never did and will never do paper prototyping we have tools now that allow you to iterate rapidly on prototypes mm. oh this, this got me worked up let mm. me tell you <laughs> oh I think, I think it's also that's that's what triggered I think a lot of these negative responses is that mm. the um, the title of the article is learn how to develop and test prototypes at rapid rates of iteration, and you know that then conflicts with the images you see that clearly this high fidelity paper prototype is not rapid in the immediate sense of how you'd understand rapid iteration. Mm. So, but to, to balance things up a little bit, I mean, yes, there was, there's been, I'd say, an overwhelmingly large number of um, uh, negative comments to these things in various different um, social media platforms and, and various tweets or retweets. But there has been a lot of positive reaction. I mean, my, yeah. what, what got us to this point was that I think both me and you shared this article or, or mm. retweeted or something and, and was really kind of like, oh, this is excellent. Um, and you know, having read the article as well as seen the the gif um and there was a lot of people do give kind of positive you know uh, responses warm responses kind of um nice pleasant comments to it mm. um so it, we, we have a split a split world yeah, there's i mean some some just respond with hearts because they love it and in the same way that I, I respond to it because it's a lovely lovely prototype uh and there are some i mean some are positive some are negative but there are also some that are more perhaps sensible and more thought through, like uh, I like paper prototypes, but this is over-engineered. I not I do not necessarily agree with these statements. However, uh, uh, paper prototyping is useful for students who don't know the software yet. The slower process is also useful to allow for thinking, learning time. Speed is not always what you need. So these are thinking along lines. Well, this could be useful in in some scenarios. So they're actually at least thinking about it. Mm. There's and that leads into an interesting point. Now you mentioned students there this Mm. what we realized is that this video has no source no context Mm. right so we reached out to interaction design organization foundation and and asked them you know where did you get the video from um uh, because they're in the article itself they're really good at uh, giving sources to all the images that are used but this hasn't been credited and we got a reply back saying we actually spent a lot of time trying to find the source and couldn't find it. Now, this is a really interesting point because nobody making any comments seemed to be interested in learning about the source. The context. Everybody is making an assumption. 
so there, so people are uh, sharing this video, retweeting it, critiquing it, uh, putting it down without knowing anything about the context. There, there almost, I'd say the majority of the comments, mm. especially the negative ones, were taking this from a purely business perspective. Mm. And I wasn't convinced. So me and Per, we, we put our Sherlock Holmes hats on um, and we started digging, mm. which was fun. Um, you found a Frenchman. This is, I found a Frenchman. <laughs> this is, um, they just hang around in my garden. Um, <laughs> no, um, that, exactly. This, the hunt led us to LinkedIn and there was um, a French LinkedIn user um, who actually posted this um, short video, five second video, um, a couple of weeks before Interaction Design um, Foundation used it. And um, that post of his in French went viral in the French um, um, community, um, probably even wider than just France. But um, mm. it, it, it's received like 5,000 likes and over 200,000 views um, mm. without getting into details of how LinkedIn measures things. That's still a lot. Um, but it in itself still didn't mention a source. It wasn't connected to the the, um, the Interaction Design Foundation article, but it still didn't mention a source. Um, so we dug a bit deeper. And you found the same guy on Twitter posting yeah. it again. Yes. And that's where I used my school French to realize that he had actually posted a reference in the tweet. But it was not necessarily clear how that... Uh, reference well it was an ia dot isaci and that turned out to be an instagram account so on this instagram account we found the video yes so the video actually comes from a group of design students at a university in columbia yep and the instagram account i think is wonderful it's it's got a lot of work from the class how they're working with um, design and prototyping during the course, and there's some there's some fantastic videos, um, and they've 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 clearly put a lot of time and effort into doing some of these prototyping. Mm. But uh, but now we got some context for the video. Mm. This isn't a business context. This is students who are who are studying and learning their craft, right, and getting excited about the stuff that they were creating as well. I actually before before we started recording today, Pat, I. Um, I was I was discussing this with a family at breakfast, um, and um, I showed my um, my kids and my wife the Instagram account, and mm. uh, my daughter got was twelve. She got really excited by the um, the kind of all the the, the high fidelity prototypes and what they'd done. And um, mm. there's one um, there's one um, post to the account where they have um, um, you can give something a star rating. A five star rating, up to five stars. Oh. And there's a slider that you, you know, another one of these um, clear plastic sliders behind the um, the phone, so you can pull it to to light the stars up uh, yellow. Uh, oh and, yes, exactly. Um, yeah, and my daughter wow. thought it was fantastic. Mm. Oh look, look, five stars, mm. zero mm. stars, five stars. Mm. Um, so she <laughs> found it really inspiring, and she's actually followed the account. In fact, my wife mm. also followed the account because it did really, it, you know, there was some really nice stuff, and it made you um, made you smile. And this is one of the most important points about it, isn't it? It actually is approachable to everyone, everyone excited. Imagine having a, a wireframe sketch Instagram account. How many people not interested in, in design specifically would follow that? 
Yeah. But here you are actually making people included in the process of watching something that is beautiful and excellent and design at the same time. Super. That's an excellent point then mm. to maybe move on to where, you know, where, where are paper prototypes useful or what way is this um, particular over-engineered paper prototype useful? Yeah, because th that is an interesting point because I saw several tweets about, yeah, the paper prototype is, is really good, but, but this is probably over-engineered. Again, without any context whatsoever, which, which for me is a problem. Uh, so what if you're um, I mean now we're looking this is clearly a, a class of students I mean mm. we don't know exactly how many students in the class but what do you think um, was the intention of the course um, with, with this exercise or this project within the course it, it's, it's, it's I mean it could be anything I, when I, I first saw it I actually th uh, had the idea that this could be an excellent idea for understanding how to uh, program because actually when you program you have to change the interface and you have to think about how am, will what will it be the best way of, of changing the interface and that's a really complex way of learning how to program but it's fun uh, but there's all so many different ways in which this could be useful because you actually you think so much about the interaction you take the time to think about what would happen in different scenarios when you actually do it on paper yeah F it taking longer time is the point and getting something made it's not only about the design. It's about the excitement and the team. It's getting buy-in from stakeholders, i.e. the example with your family getting excited. Uh, it's getting money from the right people. It's about communicating with developers. So, so there are a multitude of reasons why an over-engineered prototype could be the right thing to get a project moving and, and spark just enough interest to push the project into being realized instead of ending up in a drawer. And, def and definitely mm. in this, in this mm. situation mm. with students learning the trade, mm. this is a, mm. they're using the paper prototypes in this mm. way, over-engineered, you may argue, but they're, they're, um, it's very inclusive because you will, if you have mm. a team of, of, I don't know, four, five, six students who are working together maybe on this, yeah. then crowding round um, a pile of paper and some scissors, you can do and you can talk, you can discuss, you can rapidly change what something is, is isn't and how it looks as opposed mm. to if they were crowded around their laptop in front of sketch exactly. or adobe xd yes it's completely possible to do this um possibly even quicker in uh, adobe xd creating something but you lose that that tactile um and the tactile aspect of it and also the, the inclusiveness, the openness that you were t mm. sitting together and, and being able to really take that moment to think and discuss mm. what you do and how you do it and screw something up, throw it away and do the next one. And it's, it's approach, uh, approachable because people are more comfortable also criticizing stuff on paper than they are because when it's on screen, it always looks more finished. But paper, it's so obviously far from done. So if you want more honest feedback, paper is great. And if you want to include your client in the work, that's great because that's something called co-creation. Include your users in, in this work as well. Yeah, I know that Nathan Norman group. You can get so um, far. Nathan Norman um, group. The one thing that they've, I remember, they advise um, or says the benefit of um, low fidelity um, prototyping mm. is just what you said there. That um, it's it's so clearly when you present um, when you're doing user test usability testing or you're testing with users or sharing with stakeholders something that is so clearly not finished i mean if you're if you're developing an app and mm. someone presents to you um, paper screens you you know you it's not a 
it's not difficult to understand that you're probably not done. So the it's f um, a less stressful, it's a less pressured environment for the person doing mm. the testing or the reviewing mm. or the, the the feedback that they mm. they don't feel as if they're they're going to kind of um, destroy your life's work. Because yeah. some people will feel like that when you test it with them. If you've got something that looks mm. very very finished, polished, mm. high fidelity, they're they're maybe not going to give you the open feedback that you're looking for. Exactly. So yes, you might be able to quickly create mm. something in XD or whatever tool you're using, but mm. maybe the feedback you get won't be valid, won't be what actually could have been useful and could perhaps even end up wasting time because mm. you didn't get that early feedback from, a, from something that was obviously not finished. Mm. And that's so important. I mean, you need to understand as a designer what tools are useful and when. And some people I see also commenting, well, paper prototypes are really uh, useful early on in projects. But I, it's not about where in the project they are useful. It's about how they are useful because they're useful because it's for testing ideas quickly and for doing stuff together with others because you're learning, you're learning as you're creating. You're not designing something and then learning after. You're learning during the process of creating. And mm. that's what makes it faster mm. than doing a digital tool sometimes mm. because uh, you're learning. That's an excellent point. I mean, mm. I think um, if I think about how I know both me and you sketch um, an awful lot. I mean, I, mm. I, I always start on a whiteboard of paper um, when I'm doing interaction design or concept design. Mm. Um, and um, what, I, what I find is paper prototypes are very, very useful. Not for me. I don't use high fidelity like this. Uh, I can't. I can't think of a, a time when I've, in a business context, used something as as high fidelity as these ones we're seeing. Um, yeah. But I would generally use paper to help me with the flows. Exactly. Because you know, a few, especially with stakeholders and so on, and people who are not maybe um, designers are comfortable with with creating. They're pretty pictures if you want. Um, then it's a very, very open environment when you can all start just putting um, phone, you know, screen shaped things or phone shaped things on, onto a whiteboard, onto boards, and, and mm. move things around. And go, oh, yeah, no, but if, that, if they do that, then we end up here. Oh, God, mm. we have to think about this. And well, that's not really what we want. How does that mm. then? I'm, so you can have a, a very rapid um, ideation process. Exactly. And see, it, exactly. And that's why it's faster. That's why this is rapid prototyping, because you're changing stuff much faster than you would if a, a single person decided in Sketch on a Mac, printed it out, everybody had something to change. Oh, let me go change that in, on my Mac and print it out again. I mean, that's, that's not feasible. <laughs> yeah. So you end up with you end up something which can be, can be very – you can get to a very, very um, good place to then go forward and invest time and money into something um, higher fidelity um, mm. or even – Straight in the browser, if you can. Mm. I know me and you both in the um, in the show of several on several occasions said that you know, we try and get in the browser as quick as possible, mm. uh, rather than kind of have um, have as a goal producing something in in a tool intermediate tool. Mm. Um, that also get, divides opinions. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Whether people think that's a no. People have jobs that do these things, I guess, so you, you will get responses. <laughs> yeah. There was another type of content uh, or comments that, that actually made me uh, upset as well. It was when people were saying that this is like for elementary school, uh, like kindergarten. Uh, mm. and, and, and that is the type of comment that got us into this mess in the first place where, 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 where people think that design is something that, it, that other people do. Uh, so 
it, it keeps people from taking design seriously. You could argue that drawing lines in sketch is also kindergarten behavior. It's, it's just not helpful to the industry to talk about design in that way. Design is always messy, and if you want to stay in your sterile environment on your computer and you're cleaning a digital tool, digital tool and refrain from getting your hands dirty, I mean that can create barriers to creating su- successful designs because you're not including everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just <laughs> got me so upset. But, but Claire, <coughs> if, we, if, we, if we just pause for a moment and mm-hmm. think, okay, given, given the amount of people that responded saying that they thought this was a waste of time mm-hmm. um, and didn't see the value in it, what what is it um, in their context in their daily work that that has created that feeling that 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 instant knee jerk response? Oh, and this is a good point. I'm I'm glad you're bringing it up because obviously we need to address what is the problem here. And it seems that a lot of people are in places where they are expected to l- deliver quickly, and they are expected to deliver something that can be built by developers quickly uh, so it's more of a of a of an issue with having deadlines that are not uh, consistent with good design because design w- will take time it needs to include more people so what we're saying is then that they um, this is the response is connected to the um the the automation of design processes mm. that that it's become more streamlined that you would have you're a cog uh, in a machine, basically. It's, oh, yeah. Mm. It's, it's more of a, of a, of a, f- of a factory production. Mm. That, yeah. um, there is some... The next machine is waiting to, um, to produce the code. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah. this part of the, of, the, of the conveyor belt needs to then produce the design so that the, the programmer can then get on with doing the next bit. Mm. Um, because what you, what you don't see... What you don't see in that GIF, in that video of that paper prototype, is all the work being d- done to get there. You're seeing the results of something, but all the fantastic discussions and ideas and, and ideas that were scrapped, you don't see any of that, but that is what happened. If one person designs on a computer, that won't happen. But, but the part, I think it's also very important to say that it's not a bad thing for one person to be creating these high-fidelity yeah. um, you know, sketches to then be passed on to the developer. I mean, we, we, we both know that Oh, well, you know the key. The key thing for me and successful um, teamwork when it comes mm. to producing good software or good um, web digital things mm. um, is understanding the communication needs of who you're delivering to. Yeah, and and sure, if you're if 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 you've got a very solid process and you know your team does work best if you deliver the sketches to them and you do have resources there to produce these um these artifacts in in mm. in sketch um yeah sure i mean you know that's mm. that's th- there's nothing wrong with that it's almost certainly a good thing um but that doesn't mean to say that elsewhere in the process or in other people's processes paper and paper prototypes even high fidelity paper, paper prototypes are also a useful communication communication tool and a useful tool to have part of your process hmm. regularly uh, or sometimes. I mean, no, it, I'm, I'm, it, I'm these things are fluid. This. Yeah, I'm glad you're saying this because it's true. I mean, because it sounds like we're putting everyone else down now. But yeah, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying actually you even need to paper prototype to be a good designer. I'm not saying that. What is making me upset is that there's no, there's no. It's not even sensible to tell others that they can't prototype because that makes them worse designers. 
Mm. There's no sense in that. Uh, and that, that's what makes me upset that these, some designers are telling others that this isn't how you design. Uh, that is the problem. Uh, and I, I, I'm hoping that they will be more open uh, in the future to the fact that people design in different ways and different tools are, are relevant in different contexts. And mm -hmm. context matters always. And you should, as a designer, always be curious about the context. Everybody should be asking, how did this prototype come to happen? Uh, why? Um, so I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just responding. When I'm responding emotionally to all these comments is, why are they not being more open to other people? Why aren't they, as designers, more curious and asking the why questions? Yeah. That, well, I think hmm. I think we've got to that. We we know how it is with society at large. I think now we do. We, we respond. We need give knee jerk responses to an awful yeah. lot of stuff. I mean, we we know how social media has has trained us in the in the last ten years yeah. to hmm. to not go deep, um, not kind of check sources and things. We just give the the knee jerk response and the very yeah. very easy knee jerk response to this particular tweet. If we just focus it down like that is to maybe diss it um, mm. and, and not kind of think you know, the bigger picture and, 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 and the context and the story behind it. Um, and I mean, I, I think there was, one, there was one comment that made me think or reflect on how, yeah, no, I, this, this, I see how this all, for you, that would not make sense. If you have got like a design, a nicely created design system, I mean, someone has put the effort and time in to, to, to create the, the whole design system. Mm. And you are you do have the job of of building something quickly to to display or to visualize a new feature or so on. Then yeah, you've got a toolbox that is full of of design components from a design system that mm. all exist in a design library in yeah. in your prototyping tool. God, of course it's going to be quick to produce it mm. like that. And if you're if you're at that point of 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 getting out there um, to developers, so get it in the browser to be tested with real users in a real context. Yeah, that's going to be rapid. Mm. And I'm not going to diss it. Yeah. And I don't see, I don't, you know, there's nothing at all wrong with that. Um, exactly. There's it, room it, There's room for all of it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, here we've got a situation where we don't know if the students that produce the video have actually seen any of the responses. I mean, there was, I think you pointed out there was an article, uh, people have been writing dedicated medium posts. Yeah. Uh, putting this down, this this little um, gift down. Yeah, um, without knowing anything about the source. Yeah, so uh, we we talk a lot of we talk a lot about empathy in our mm. profession industry. Um, mm. How how do you think the students um, that created this will feel or respond when they see all the um, the comments about their their schoolwork? Mm. Oh, well, differently because they're all different individuals. <laughs> but but um, I'm thinking, <laughs> but point. I'm thinking uh, that some of them will actually be sad. They'll be saddened by uh, the misunderstandings and uh, how people have made assumptions about things that just aren't true. And uh, maybe, in worst case, some will even start to uh, wonder if they're doing the right thing uh, at their school. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the worst thing that can happen. And that, that's why I actually feel so even more distressed when I see quite senior people on Twitter uh, putting this down uh, because they have a voice in the industry and, and when they say things like that, people listen and they think that, okay, so yeah, this seems to be a bad idea going this route uh, without re reasoning themselves about why it could be a, a good idea in, in some scenarios. Yeah, and I think um, we've, got to, we've got to remember a bit about our, our 
our well-being as individuals and, and mm -hmm. how we, we thrive in the workplace. And we, we know there's, there's plenty of research that knows that happy employees um, are better employees. Um, and, you know, I just think about these students, if they've, if they've had um, a creative session, um, they've, they've got an incredible amount of joy and satisfaction um, and learnt a lot from mm -hmm. the process of producing these paper prototypes. Um, and then that, that, that can get shattered by yeah. a massive amount of negative comments. Mm. Um, you know, that, that could have a real adverse reaction to how they, like you say, how they feel and approach the, 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 their professions, future professions. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think exactly. we, I mean, we, we as well, um, you know, we've, you do workshops and, and you know, um, off-site days or whatever you would call them and kind of, you know, team building sessions and so on. And they they can be really useful. They are really useful. Um, and I think there was there was somebody pointed out they do have a um, at their work they have um, they do literally have a craft session on Friday afternoons, mm. which I think sounds like an excellent idea. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, but I didn't like the idea that it was it was posted as more kind of well we get this out of our system by having a craft afternoon. Kind of thought, oh well, I really like the fact you're making time for it, but I, I, it's not like walking a dog. Like it has to be done to get it out of the system, so we then can focus on doing the 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 real stuff in in Adobe XD. Um, <laughs> that was a, oh, so it's kind of close but no cigar with that that comment. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, well, why not have open open craft sessions where you invite lots of people in to kind of um, try and, and work on and communicate and and. Um, elucidate some of their ideas. Stakeholders have got ideas but can't maybe articulate them. Maybe exactly. a kind of maybe kind of open craft sessions is a really good open way of including people in the process and getting them to to surface their creativity mm. uh, without without feeling hindered mm. and or or intimidated by by you know the the software side of things, the computer side of things, the the formal design side of things. Yeah. Exactly. Unleashing your inner five-year-old. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's important. And, exactly. And, and that's not a bad thing. Because we, we, I mean, we keep having this metaphor or this analogy of it's being like back in kindergarten. It's, and what we learned over the years is that we keep forgetting how to be creative. because we, The creativity we, many of us had when we were kids, we lose that over time in, in school and uh, uh, when we go into business and, and start working. And, and that's a problem. And we realize that when we find our way back to that creativity, we discover new things. And when we discover new things, we can come up with new business ideas even. And we come up with new ideas that help us create more successful sites that actually help us develop and evolve. Yeah. So I think to round up a little bit, then what we're saying is, yes, there's a place for um, low fidelity prototypes. Yes, there's a place for high-fidelity prototypes. Hmm. There's a place for both of those on paper and in tools. Yeah. Um, we, our, our skills as UX designers, one of our biggest skills is having that toolbox and knowing when we should apply what and how it could be useful hmm. and how we can, what we're going to learn through using a tool that we've chosen to use. Mm. And rapid doesn't always mean that it takes um, a few seconds to create something in the moment. 
Exactly. Rapid, I think, means um, minimizing your efforts maybe to to learn, to to obtain the answer to what your question was. Exactly. It's rapid learning rather Mm. than rapidly creating the artifact. Yeah. And on my positive note to end with is actually all this hubbub made me do a search for paper prototyping uh, as we were doing the research and trying to find the source as well. But uh, I found some fantastic, fantastic, beautiful designs. Uh, and it's just uh, there's exciting stuff going on out there. And it's, it's fun to discover it. And it's worth taking some time to get inspired. So that's something I recommend everyone. Just search for paper prototypes and, and go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. There's, um, and it's a, it's a, it's an old interaction design technique as well. It goes back decades. Mm. So there's, there's lots of grits of out there that mm. can inspire you. UX podcast has received a letter, and it's a letter from the teacher. Let me read it to you so you can get the full background for the video and prototype we've been talking about. Greetings from Colombia. I am Professor Nestor Tabar in charge of the exercise. The exercise was performed in the Information Architecture class in the Interactive Media Design program of the Isesa University in Cali, Colombia. The class is part of a professional training program as interactive media designers that can specialize in three lines, UX, UI, or front-end areas. In the second year, they come to my course in Information Architecture. This course has three blocks. The first covers basic concepts such as usability, accessibility, including research and techniques such as user personas, journey mapping, interviews, contextual inquiry, card sorting, empathy maps, etc. And the second block is UI. The objective is to design a digital product that is born from an ideation session with a lot of divergence and convergence, and music, that helps them focus on solving a need. With this product, they go through each of the phases of production, user flow, wireframes, study the patterns they will use, design system, and prototyping. And the third block is tested with real users in the UX lab of the university. So the exercise of the interactive paper wireframes in block two is an exercise that takes about two days of work. The challenge is to create a prototype incorporating interactions and micro-interactions, and I am very clear with them that their application at this level of detail is purely academic. This type of exercise is based on learning by doing, a 21st century concept that suggests teachers should encourage students to build, build, design, make things, and discover powerful ideas in the process that expand their skills. Another benefit that I highlight is the level of commitment with which they take on the challenge. In the images posted to the Instagram account, you can see how this is an exercise that engages them, challenges them, and achieves results, always with new surprises. It should be noted that each edition of this exercise uses the previous one as an example, so each iteration becomes more and more detailed, similar to iterating a product to improve it more and more. Finally, that product is prototyped, so that what they once thought up on paper becomes a reality a digital prototype in Figma or XD that is presented in the hands and that adds to the portfolio of each student. There are many opinions against the level of detail that these wireframes have, but I think it has to do with not understanding the context, the user, and the objective. 
I think most of us can agree that learning is a process, and in that sense, it is coherent to take the student on a journey from less to more in a process where they build up their knowledge themselves and make it meaningful. Thank you so much for the letter, Nestor. Apologies for any mispronunciations. Uh, I hope you've been okay with us shortening it a little for for the listeners. Uh, we wish you all, you and the students all the best in the future. And the letter also included some lovely links, and we'll be sure to include those in the show notes. So, um, please subscribe to the show if you don't already. Um, and our entire collection of episodes is available on Spotify and um, also on the website. If you want a suggestion of what's, what to listen to next, then oh, I think we, we've got three suggestions. I think we do, actually. Yeah, I've got one suggestion is episode 117, Designing with Images. So and we're going I was to, trying to... Sorry, I was going to say, we, we, in that one we go into a bit of techniques, um, um, Stephen Hare's technique to do with um, um, generating low fidelity stuff in the browser first. Oh, that's the one. Uh, okay. It's part of responsive design, yeah. And I was thinking about when was the last time we actually uh, based an entire episode on a tweet. And I came up with uh, episode 88, when the, uh, Jared Spool had tweeted something. So episode 88, which has a fantastic title as well, James and Pear and Jared Leave Sheep Alone. But then you mentioned, well, there was another episode, the one with the skateboard. And that turned out to be the episode after that, so episode 89. Yeah. So you want to and check that, that out as well. Yeah, and that one was <laughs> with um, Russell Ngar, Stephen Anderson, and Jeff um, Gothoff. Yes. About minimal viable products. Remember to keep moving. See you on the other side. Knock, knock. Who's there? Pencil. Pencil who? Pencil fall down if you don't wear a belt. <laughs> well, I had to have one with a pencil. Pencil, it had to be something to do with pencil or paper, didn't it? Okay. Yeah. There we go.